For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. I am your host, Taylor Davis, joined as always by the legend himself, Jason Campbell. We're here to talk everything Auburn athletics. As always, we're back and have plenty to catch up on. We're going to talk about the spring game. We're going to catch you up on some other sports, how the gymnastics season concluded, and preview next week's NFL draft. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Hope all is well. Of First, of course, we've got a word from our reliable sponsor, Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, even next season's futures. And don't forget, MLB is back as well. So, whoever you're picking to win the World Series, they've got you covered there. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. Just head to the website or you can use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, J-Cam, I know you've uh, been a busy dude. We were catching up before we recorded, jet-setting up to New York, doing some CBS work. I mean, you're just you're a hot commodity these days. We're, we're grateful to have you on this podcast, really. No, you know, I'm going to use that in a reciprocal. I'm grateful to be on the podcast. You've got Taylor's covered <laughs> every every team in college football <laughs> almost for spring football. So yes. she has a lot of insight and a lot of intel. But yeah. the cool part about your job is you get a chance to see a lot of different stadiums, see a lot of different atmospheres. Yeah. And that's a lot of people's bucket list, you know, to be able that's just true. to be in an atmosphere of different universities and just see how people, you know, because everyone's different. Everybody do things differently. And, yeah. And uh, that's pretty exciting. It got to be. I will say it's so difficult for me to go to these places and not compare it to Auburn just because it's so ingrained in me. Mm. But when I do that, I am just always like my gratitude just 
revamps every time. I, not that I'm going to any schools that aren't fantastic. I was at Virginia Tech this past weekend. And let me just tell you, for a spring game, it was unreal. I mean, they, yeah. you know, ran through the tunnel with inner Sandman playing. And um, obviously, it's it was the first kind of showing for the new era of Virginia Tech. They just hired um, Brent Pry at the end of last season. And this is his first head coach opportunity. So um, a lot of excitement around the program. And it was a fantastic environment, but it just, you know, it's one of those things where you see something else and, and you just, you appreciate what you have as well. Um, and Auburn fans, man, I know that this off season has been challenging and tumultuous and I've been reading some articles coming out of the spring spring game and a lot of, you know, I guess the overall sentiment is just that there's not an overwhelming sense of optimism around the program right now. And I think that it does linger, you know, how the season ended last year, but also all the difficulty that the off season has included. And now things have just gotten kind of quiet. So I think fans don't really know how they're involved emotionally and, and what kind of level of optimism to have heading into next year. But I think with all of that aside, you know, we, we are still Auburn. Auburn is always going to be Auburn because it's bigger than just one person or, or one issue or one player. Um, and so I think that we just have to remember that and hold tight to that because at the end of the day, it's just a special place, man. And I, I'm re reminded of that every time I, I go on these trips and see other programs, I, I always come back and, and have such appreciation for Auburn. And I have to assume you felt that whenever you would go play other places. Yeah, I definitely felt that. Uh, like I say, when you try not to compare to, to Auburn, but you actually do, you know what I'm saying? Because that's how I am. When I go to other schools and cover the game and you see the atmosphere, like there's only one school that I think that compares to us when it comes from that's may beat us in one area, but they beat every other school in the in every college from this standpoint, hmm. from a tailgating standpoint, food wise. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You, are, you already know. Yeah, I already know. And I totally <laughs> a, agree. Yes. From a food wise standpoint, even Auburn fans agree that LSU food is off the charts. They dominate. Because they dominate. It doesn't matter what college university, it doesn't matter who, like they dominate mm -hmm. when it comes to that standpoint. But when it comes from a family atmosphere and when it comes to togetherness, I haven't come across a university like Auburn. Yeah. And that's that's something to be spoken about. That's something that's really special. Uh, it doesn't matter where I go in the country. I meet people. They went to Auburn and hey, War Eagle. You know that's mm -hmm. how I meet. And, that's how I meet and greet. Other schools don't do that. Yeah. You know, and uh, so that's why I want us to get back to our winning ways because yeah. our fan base is so hungry and thirsty for success right now. You know, basketball has kind of been holding us up a little bit. Uh, Suni Lee and the gymnastics mm -hmm. girls have been holding us up a little bit. Yep. Uh, you know, baseball is kind of keeping us intrigued a little bit. Softball is trying to make that turn again and get back to this dominance. Yep. So, but football is the bread and butter of Auburn that feeds all the other sports. It's the bread and butter of Auburn that brings everybody into town. Yeah. When you're winning in football at Auburn, the whole city is winning because yep. people, hotels are full, restaurants are full everybody is coming for their joy and experience. And that's why football is so important. People wonder why, you know, coaches stay under the fire so much at Auburn from the football standpoint, because so much comes off of it. Yep. 
100%. There's, I mean, look, that's, that's being in the South. That's being in the SEC. Um, and I totally agree with you. I think when other areas of Auburn are kind of regrouping, I guess, or rebuilding, somehow the pendulum swings to another sport, and that's fantastic. And that's just on being a, a solid athletic department. And beyond that, just how beautiful the campus is and how how nice the facilities are, how welcoming the city is and, and enjoyable your time is there. Um, I think it's important to not lose sight of those things just because you are unsure of the current state of a certain sports team. So I certainly have been afforded that luxury um, in my career, getting to travel to other campuses as much as I do. So just wanted to pass that along to fans, make sure our perspective is in the right place. But nonetheless, I hope everyone had an opportunity to either go to Auburn or follow along the broadcast or Twitter updates or what have you for a day, which was a couple weeks ago, but uh, spring practice officially concludes with the annual A-Day game and our guy Jay Cam was on the grounds and covering it and so I uh, wanted want to get your input on it unfortunately I was working a different one so I wasn't able to be there but I know you've got us uh, locked in on that so let's go ahead and recap that one get some updates you know obviously these things are not a, a typical game scenario so the score was 10 to 9 irrelevant let's talk about takeaways from it and I we're going to have to do this thing in sections so that we don't get too broad here. So we're going to start with the obvious, which is the quarterbacks. And look, this thing is in no way, shape, or form going to be figured out until fall camp. I think because these guys are on essentially an even playing field and, and where one is at a, a disadvantage, they have an advantage elsewhere. And so I think it's a, a very close race. I don't personally believe that the coaching staff knows who's they're going to have, you know, start that first game. I, I really don't believe that. But what takeaways you could, you know, garner from this spring game, let's talk about them. Um, Finley, Ashford, and Holden Gardner all played. Zach Calzada did not, which is not surprising. He dressed out, but he did not play. Still coming off that shoulder injury. But I did say that on the last episode that I felt like this game was really an evaluation for TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford. I really feel like Holden and Calzada are going to be evaluated more deep into the summer and into fall camp. Ashford was 12 of 16 for 132 yards. A note that I saw about TJ Finley, there were a lot more designed rollout plays, which certainly um, benefit a guy who's, who's not the most mobile, not the most, he can be kind of stiff in the pocket. So having more of that kind of, um, suits him better, which I think was great. But I think when you're looking at Robbie Ashford, you saw more of a dynamic athlete and obviously Auburn fans were excited to see him not as much, you know, film and, and backing for him having not played much at Oregon, but you can see a lot from his days at Hoover and it seemed he was very comfortable and, and dynamic out there. So from a QB perspective, Jason, what did you see? What impressed you? Um, what are some things that we can take away? Because as we have said many times, it's a, a an appetizer. It's not the meat and potatoes, but some things that we certainly could all take away from their showing. Well, the one thing I can say for all the quarterbacks is the offense looked a little bit more crisp than it did last year at this time. Uh, you can definitely tell that Keesaw and Harson are on the same page when it comes from an offensive thinking standpoint, even in the vanilla offense that they ran on two Saturdays ago. Right? When you think about it, last year you have Mike Bobo. Mike Bobo and Harson, even though you know each other, you haven't coached together. 
You know, so it's one thing to know each other, but once you get get to the field and and there are certain things that this coach wants to do and certain things that your head coach wants to do, you know, I understand why he made the hire because he wanted to get SEC guys, guys that knew the conference. And I think him and Derrick Mason was adding that to his staff. But now I think after a year has gone through, maybe there was some communication between, you know, the three of them that just wouldn't just wasn't just be in chemistry is what I, the word I want to say. And I think what Key saw and, you know, Coach Spadden at the defensive coordinator position, these guys coach together at, at Boise State. And I think Harson looking at this thing like, hey, you know, if I'm going to catch a whole lot of flack for last season and I know I'm on a short leash because this is a conference that you have to win and win now, mm-hmm. I'm going to ride with the people that I know. And I'm going to ride with the offense that I know and the defensive guy that I know. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that when you see so much happening in the offseason, it makes you feel like what is going on. Right. But watching them in the spring, when you as a quarterback, when you don't see a lot of false starts, that means to tell me that the communication is pretty good. That means to tell me guys are getting a, a grasp on their offense a little more. You don't see a lot of false starts. You didn't see a lot of, you know, different holding penalties. And true enough, yes, you couldn't hit the quarterback. So once guys got mm-hmm. to the quarterback, they had to let up. So you wouldn't really get a chance to see, you know, if Robbie, for example, would have been sacked or not sacked, if he could have got away from that one. And TJ, we know a lot about TJ from the standpoint of, you know, he threw a really nice deep ball. I will say that he threw a really nice deep ball. He had two drops on, on some deep balls that could have made his stats a lot better. But the thing that still hurts him the most is his mobility. Yeah. Uh, when you're not playing behind a really good offensive line, that hurts That hurts you from a standpoint of everything got to happen a lot faster for you mentally. And that means guys got to get open quicker so that you can get the ball out. Uh, just because you can't extend the play as well as, you know, maybe some other guy like Robbie can extend the play. Like if the if the offensive line breaks down, he's the type of guy that can run and get out of get out of get out of the mess and kind of right. go make something happen. Right. And you have to respect his feet from a defensive standpoint. So you can't be so, oh, I'm rush happy because you have to worry about this guy. Uh, Calzada is a guy, like you said, we will find out more about him in the fall. We find out, I think Herner. Garner, I think he's going to be a guy that's they probably never redshirted. Like, yeah. I don't think they will waste a year I on him. Either. I saw him in the spring. He did have a good arm. He has a nice throw. He has a nice touch. He he made some really good throws. But I think he's right now, I would redshirt him. So okay. to me, it's going to come down between those three guys. And I think once you get to fall camp, the lease is going to be shorter on them trying to break it down to two two guys as quickly yeah. as they can because you open up with Mercer, you open up with San Jose State. Those two games, you can play two quarterbacks or all three quarterbacks, hopefully. So that way you can start to make your decision off what happens in end game when they can be tackled. Like, I don't want to – like, it's hard to assimilate the play of quarterbacks when they're not getting hit. Exactly. I want to see how I want to see how a guy responds when he gets hit. Can he stand in there and make a throw, you know, with somebody coming right down A-gap about to hit him right between his chest. Mm-hmm. So that's what shows me if a quarterback is a winner or the guy that we have to have behind the center. And we won't find that out, unfortunately, until fall. Right. Well, and I think that that's certainly a level of this, and it's why spring games are kind of taken with a grain of salt, because even from a mental perspective, you have the comfort of knowing that you can rest easy. You're not going to end up on your back. You're not going to end up setting yourself behind the sticks too far, like the whistle's going to blow it dead. But meanwhile, with Robbie Ashford, 
I just think, you know, when I heard that this guy was transferring to Auburn, my gut said he would be our starting quarterback. I think the issue or the caveat to that is Zach Calzada's experience in high level SEC games and not only experience the ability to lead his team to team to a win. You have wins over Alabama and Auburn. ironically, in the past year. And so I think that that experience in big environments like that, where the pressure is at an all-time high, certainly gives him an advantage. But when you look at, you know, Auburn quarterbacks of, of past, I think that having that dynamic, you know, dual threat, super mobile guy, I mean, the magic that Nick Marshall was able to create. And look, I think that Nick Marshall was a fantastic quarterback, but you know, he's not a world-class quarterback. Let's be honest. He just thrived in the system and he thrived with his athletic ability, being able to affect defenses the way it did. It added another level. And I think that Robbie Ashford has the makings of an Auburn quarterback that is needed for this type of offense. Um, I I think it's just going to come down to does experience Trump athleticism in this, because I think with Finley and Calzada, they have, you know, those weapons in their arsenal of having the experience and not being shocked by the moment. And, and we don't know that Robbie will have that, but I think it was a great opportunity to see what he's all about and, and see, you know, kind of what he brings to the table, but heading into summer and fall, I think is really when the boys have to separate from the men. I think right now it's, it's great to see them, you know, all supporting each other, all learning, all kind of, um, just laying the foundation, but eventually you, you do, I feel like we need that alpha dog, you know, like I, it hasn't, it hasn't felt like the quarterback was, you know, the leader and the guy in quite a few years. And I'm not saying it has to be the rah, rah, loud, outspoken guy, but just someone that the team rallies behind someone that the team gravitates toward. I think, you know, Bo wasn't always that guy, and and it hasn't felt like it's been in the quarterback seat in, in quite a while. And so one of these guys is going to have to separate themselves. I don't think that we're going to be able to accurately see it right now, but I, it feels like it's it's going to need to be that that alpha who steps up and not only earns the starting job, but carries the the confidence and the control and the leadership that that is needed in that role do you, do you agree with that yeah I agree with that from a standpoint as well like you got to have some type of guys that you have to have a guy back there that can make that offensive line look good yeah um, because we're we're going to have some experience there for the guys that that's coming back from last season and you know having Brahms to come back mm-hmm. was a huge get for us but at the same time like when you're facing the SEC you got to have a mobility and you know, maybe it's a situation if they feel like if TJ is more equipped from a mental standpoint of knowing the offense that he kind of plays, but then you sprinkle in some plays with one of the other two guys. Or maybe if Calzada's a guy, maybe you sprinkle in some a uh, couple series for Robbie Ashford just because mm-hmm. you have to throw the defense a different look. And a guy that's very athletic, like, why not utilize everybody that you have? But my whole thing is the offensive line has to get in, in some type of chemistry with whoever's going to be the quarterback. Because, Taylor, the thing about it, every quarterback is different, which makes your set points different. Right. You know, Robin may be set at a certain point in the pocket 
that he feels comfortable with. TJ's going to sit probably a little bit further back in the pocket because he wants to be further away from the rush because mm-hmm. he knows he's not as mobile, but right. he wants to be able to get the ball off. Uh, Calzada, I've yet to see in person here, but just watching him at Texas A&M, He's a guy that's a lot more mobile than people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing for him is the offensive line don't really know him. He didn't practice this spring. Yeah. So you're going into the fall with one guy the offensive line has no connection with, the receivers have no connection with, and they're vying for him to be QB1. Right. But then you have these other two guys that went through the spring, so the offensive line has a little bit of contact with them. But, Taylor, the whole thing about the offensive line, they didn't practice the mm-hmm. whole entire spring <laughs> most of them are still recovering from injury so we still won't find that type of continuity until august come and it's gonna have to pick up really quickly and a good thing for us this year we don't open up with a mega team we open up with two teams that we should beat which gives right. us time to find our rhythm and get our chemistry so this thing like i said it's all about knowing who's behind you and you want the guys like you said to have someone that they can confide in somebody they can believe in if it's yeah. third and four with the game on the line they believe i give this guy time he's going to make the throw for us to win the game mm-hmm. that's what you're looking for and that's what we need we gotta have that type of guy in order to compete for sec championship and playoffs I agree. I mean, I think that's obviously it goes without saying that's why it's always at the forefront of everyone's conversation and what they want to know when it comes to this team, because this is a quarterback league and it has to be a guy that can put you in good situations. You don't have to be the hero and make everything happen. You just have to make sure to keep the team in good situations. And that's off the field as well. Being that leader, being that guy that kind of keeps everyone unified. Um, Speaking of the offensive line, obviously it wasn't the best showcase for them, but it wasn't our starting offensive line. So many of those guys are out a combined four sacks and eight tackles for loss between both defenses. But one thing that really was talked about a lot is the tight end involvement. I am not surprised by that, especially given, you know, the state of our wide receiver group right now, which I do want your opinion on. But the tight ends accounted for 12 of 34 passes completed. Brandon Frazier had five catches for 42 yards on the final drive. So all of the tight ends that you would expect from Shanker, they all got involved very heavily um, in the passing game, which is something that we have all been clamoring for in the past few years. It even seemed they were more involved than were last season. Tank Bigsby was also involved in the pass passing game, which Harson kind of tried to downplay a little bit, but I don't know if that's just because he wants to kind of throw people off the scent. If that's even possible, everyone knows Tank Bigsby is going to be as <laughs> heavily implemented in this offense as physically possible for this guy. So not surprised at all to see him integrated more into the passing game, but talk to me a little bit about the targets you saw, whether wide receiver, tight end, you know, running backs, whatever you saw, um, did it, give you any more confidence about the guys that we have out there is there still you know a lot of room for improvement I've seen a lot of stuff about some wide receivers that they have uh, been contacting in the transfer portal so I think that that's still a group that they would like to see added to yeah one thing about the receivers I I will say this there's a couple guys that look better than people advertise Uh, people wasn't having they wasn't sure Um, I'll say from a from a group standpoint, there's still a lot of room to grow. You know, you understand that Shedrick is going to be more of a leader in that in that room. Uh, Capers is a guy I think that can really help us. Like this is be his third; he'll be a junior this year. And I think you know the last two years, 
he hadn't had a lot of opportunities, but I think this is an opportunity for him to really take that next step uh, going into going into this year. Uh, I would say that um, Malcolm Johnson Jr. Uh, we understand that he has a chance to to really take the top off of defense if we can get him in the right position and and put him where he needs to be uh, from a standpoint of getting on safeties, getting on linebackers, trying to create some mismatches from the slot. I think helps him a lot on the outside. He can kind of get beat up a little bit just from the standpoint of size. But if you put him in the slot, he can really eat up some defenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we did go out and hire Ike Hill as our receiver coach. Everyone knows Ike played. You know, it was a phenomenal athlete at, at Florida in college and then went on to the pros and, and had a good career. Uh, so they have someone in that room they can look at it and say, okay, this guy's played the game. He knows the game. And, you know, he's been at the next level. So what he's teaching me, I'm willing to absorb and to use like a sponge. Uh, I really think Landon King, we had listed as a tight end, but the more I look at it and from the spring standpoint, he's going to be a guy that we're going to put out there basically in a tight end position, but more to create as a hybrid tight end where he's going to be more of a receiving tight end. And I don't think he's that, he's that big blocker guy. You know, Shanker's still going to be a big part of our offense, but Shanker can block as well. He's mm-hmm. a true, he's a true tight end. Landon King is more like, okay, you're a tight end, but you're going to be our Travis Kelsey. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can see him being that type of guy for us. So overall, you know, the room needs to still add some more, caliber from a maturity standpoint needs some more depth at the position like i said we are in the transfer portal looking at you know two guys right now uh one of them are Texas a and m guy uh at the same time we can't really talk about them until we know that they're for real on signing with auburn so mm-hmm. right now it's just smoke and mirrors but i the fact that they're out there looking for add two other guys it goes to show you taylor that they're looking for two experienced guys you know they want someone with experience and uh and everything and another guy that people really not talking about is jay fair you know this guy Mm. he can run like he is a speedster and with him out there on the field like you want to talk about track meet (laughs) <laughs> like this guy, this guy can really, really run. So I think this would be a great opportunity for him this year to really come along and uh, help this offense make some plays. I hope so. I mean, it's certainly very imperative that that's an area that you feel confident in. This cannot be a situation, like I said, where everyone just keys in on tank and the rest of it kind of disassimilates, you know? So hopefully the that group continues to evolve and develop. But I do think that the transfer portal is, is certainly something that could be utilized. I actually saw there's a wide receiver that entered the portal from Texas A&M, which um, I have to assume has familiarity with Zach Calzada. So maybe something could track there. Let's talk defensively. But first, a word from another sponsor of ours, Credit Karma. Are you paying down old credit card debt? A personal loan could be your solution. Loans usually come with fixed monthly payments, making them a simple way to help pay off your credit cards. Plus, loans usually have lower interest rates than credit cards do, and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free. It will not affect your credit score and 
you can save money. We all love that. So if you're ready to apply, head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. Creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Okay, let's talk defense. I The things that I was seeing was mostly about depth on the defensive line. Colby Wooden and Derek Hall are really the guys that you're looking for to be kind of that leader, like we were talking about on the offensive side. Derek Hall is, of course, going to be such a big you know piece to this thing. But from the defensive line to the secondary, what did that side of the ball show you? How did, how did they kind of gel as a unit? Well, defense is still going to be our bread and butter. Um, like you think about from a formation, I mean, from a scheme standpoint, it's the same defense that they ran last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a little bit tweaks and different things that, you know, Coach Maiden wants to do with this defense that Coach Mason, you know, probably didn't do. Um, I think that from a standpoint of communication, all that's still the same. Uh, it's just how you approach the game. Uh, it's, the dip, it's the major difference. And from this standpoint, looking at our, our defensive backs, you know, we do have Jalen Simpson that I think can help take, you know, Roger McCreary's spot opposite of Nehemiah Prickett. I, I think he's a guy that, you know, from a standpoint, he's has experience. He's played in some big games for us. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, that I think can go out there and, and really help us from that, from a defensive back standpoint, especially in a pass happy league. Uh, the safety position, everyone wants to know, like, hey, who's kind of re- replacing, you know, the, the, you know, a big hitter. Uh, I would tell you this. I'm probably saying Zion Puckett is a guy that, you okay. know, that's it's a guy that can be a free safety for us. He can come up, he can hit. But I also like him in cover skills. His cover skills, I think, is better than people think at this standpoint. Like I say, Kaufman is the other guy. He was our transfer that came over last year. And remember last year, he was playing a little bit more of corner position. Mm-hmm. This year, he's playing a lot more of the safety position. And he's a guy with experience. Like I said, played in the SEC. And I think he can have a – so our secondary is not lacking from a standpoint of inexperience. Okay. They just haven't been starters, some of them. But this is what happens in college football. You reload and you replace. And that's what you have to do. And I think instead of them starting like a redshirt freshman back there or a true freshman back there, they have guys that's played in this league for the last couple of years, has experience, and then that makes them – they're not thinking as much while they're playing. Uh, so I think that bodes well for us. Like I said, our defense is always going to start up front. Like I said, Derrick Hall, Kobe Wooten, these are the guys going to set the tempo. These are the guys that's going to set the energy. Owen Papo did practice a lot this spring, but we're looking for a lot from Owen this year. Uh, you know, he missed most of last season. We know this is a year that he wants to have a dominant season uh, to have himself be an NFL player. So I expect him to take another notch forward this season. Uh, but he is a catalyst as well in the middle of that defense. He's going to be having to make some calls. He's going to be having to make sure guys get lined up. And and for me, it's not so much the starters. Hmm. It's to me is our depth. Yeah. Do we have enough depth in this conference to sustain this whole year? And adding a guy like Jason Jones from Oregon, the transfer, you know, he's a big guy. I think that gives us some depth. You talk about Marquise Burks, you know, he's a guy that's going to be a senior. I think he's still a guy you puts in rotation. That's going to give us some depth. When you think about Zacavius Walker, you know, he's another guy that's had experience. We're looking for big things from Zacavius. Zacavius 
Zakevius this year. Uh, so hopefully, you know, he comes ready to play. So there are some guys that I think can add some depth, but from a linebacker standpoint, who can fill in if Owen is sometimes hurt? Well, that's when we go Taylor to Wesley Steiner. Then we go to Cam Riley. These are guys that were big recruits for Auburn, and now they're heading into their junior seasons. Can these guys take that next step? Yeah, 1,000%. Okay, and then just from an, I, I guess, a bounce back, if you if that's the right way to say it, just energy and response, Jason, because I don't, you know, we certainly don't want to beat a dead horse, and I hate the reality that come fall, it is probably going to be a storyline, just how much, you know, difficulty or or distraction the team was having to deal with in in the offseason but from what you saw or felt or experienced when you were there does it feel like this team is is really putting it all behind them and and able to kind of build that camaraderie that is needed in spite of the flux that has been in play the past few months well I say this they do look a little bit more closer um like the guys are interacting a little bit better. It uh, feels like the coaching staff has, has opened up a little bit more. Good. It seemed like Harson, you know, that first year kind of like getting to the SEC, I think it caught him by storm. And, you know, he knew what he was getting into, but kind of didn't really know what he was getting into. And I think now that having a full season and then seeing like, hey, this fan base is not trying to wait to win. Like we are a top 10 program in the the nation when it comes to football and we can get good recruits. So we have to hit the road recruiting because we can do it and we can win in recruiting. And the next thing is we are a respected program. So So I think he understands like, man, you know, yes, it's one thing when I was at Boise, but now I'm in the big conference and, mm-hmm. you know, this is jobs that a lot of coaches wish they had because this is like the, this is like the pinnacle of college football is coaching the SEC or being a head coach in the big 10 or, you know, and things like that. So when you know, you're going to get a lot of teams best shot and there's hardly any weekends to take off because every team in the SEC can beat you on any given Saturday if you slack. I think that was new to him. And I think now that, you know, everything that happened in January and February where it was almost like, do they replace him or they're trying to replace him? Do they get somebody else? I think as a competitor, that should ruffle your feathers a little bit. And it should make you say, you know what? I was brought here to do a job. And what happened those last five games of the season of us going winless that's not a good representation. That's not who I am as a coach. So you know what? I'm all in. Right. You know, I'm all in. I'm going to do everything I can to help get this program back to the winning ways. And I'm going to get everything I can to these kids to buy in to what we're trying to teach them and coach them because that's the only way you can do it. You can't be half a toe in and half your other foot out. Like, you have to be all in. And I think now he's all in. Yeah. I think now that everybody's all in, and I think – Everyone has got a chance to speak their feelings in an ugly way in January and February, you know, from even from the players going at it on Twitter. So all these things have gotten out, you know. So now it's like, okay, everything's out. I know how you truly feel. I know how you feel about me. So now let's sit down in a room like men. Let's talk about it. Let's see how can we get past it and how can we learn from it and how can we get on the same page. And I think if you see that and that continues to transition over the summer, Auburn has a chance to start the season five and zero. Yeah, I really think we can beat Penn State at home in that third game. 
And the LSU game is going to be a critical game that's at home. And, of course, they're having a new coach. And that coach is under the same kind of pressure. And he just got there and signed a $100 million deal. They told him if he doesn't win in the first two, three years, they're going to buy his buyout. So there's a ton of pressure that comes with being coach in the SEC. But you get paid very healthy for it. And, and very wealthy for it. So, you know, it comes with the territory. But I do think that this team has taken a step in a closer dynamic with each other heading into this spring, this, this summer. But as uh, that, you know, as spring ball closes, the NFL draft gets very close. It's actually beginning a week from yesterday on Thursday. The NFL draft will begin and a few of our guys are hoping to hear their names called. So just wanted to go ahead and get Jason's input. Full transparency, we are going to try and do an episode next week. But with the draft, our guy is very busy and will be traveling about. But we will try and do an episode in the case that we can't. We wanted to go ahead and give a bit of a draft preview. So, Jay, expectations for our Auburn guys. And let's go ahead and do top five predictions. Mm, I like it. I would probably say, you know, top five, um, the first pick who got Jacksonville. Jacksonville, <laughs> they need a whole revamped offensive line, but at yeah, the same time, right. though, they did get some guys this offseason that already has helped that. So they're a step above. I like Evan Neal out of out of Alabama mm-hmm. at that position, but I think they're going to go defense, and I think it's going to go out of Kavion uh, Thibodeau out of uh, Oregon or okay. Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. Okay. Interesting. You know, it's Thibodeau is such a freak of an athlete, but I feel like he's just been sliding a little bit. Yeah, he's a freak of an athlete. When he wants to play, he can turn it on. Yeah, I think he was kind of hurt by injury a little bit last year. Uh, but he's a guy that he's a generational style talent at that position. It's mm-hmm. almost like he reminds me of Chase Young that played mm-hmm. at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I say you have to take that chance, you know, high risk hopefully you get high reward, you know, and I just feel like, you know, Jacksonville needs a pass rusher. They need an edge guy. Um, so that's the only reason I say I would go there. If you want to be safe, go with Evan Neal or the kid Icky out of North Carolina State. It's hard to say his name, but yeah. he's an offensive tackle. That's a man of a man as well. One of those two guys, you can't go wrong if you was choose one of them. Okay. Pick two. My number two, Detroit Lions. This is where I had Aiden Hutchinson just because he played at uh, Michigan. It's in Detroit. It's in Michigan. Home base type team. Uh, But I think a lot of people have Travion Travion Walker, Travon Walker, my bad, at Georgia over him. And because this guy had a freak combine and he's a little undersized, but he lost 20 pounds. Uh, he went from 290 to 270 this year for Georgia to play some defense in the end mm-hmm. and be an edge guy, but he's been a D-line guy too. So you can transition him. And I'm hearing talks of him going number two, but I would say Aiden Hutchinson goes two to Detroit. Okay. I like these. I hope people are taking notes. If you're doing any kind of betting, you're getting J-Cam's <laughs> personal picks. I love this. All right. Who you got at three? Three, I'm going with Houston. Texans. Houston need a whole revamped team. <laughs> they need everything. <laughs> let's, let's just say that. They need a whole revamped team. So I would cute. go quarterback here, but I don't think there's quarterbacks this year on this list or where I take my chance in the top five like yeah. that. Um, so I'm going to stick with, I'm going to go with the guy Hamilton 
defensive back safety from Notre Dame. This mm-hmm. guy is a freak athlete. He can intercept passes. He's uh, he's very ball ball hungry, as we call. And if I had to go three, I would either take him or I would take one of those offensive linemen, whichever offensive lineman that doesn't go first, either Neil or his name is Akeem Iguanu from North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. If he's there, then they take the tackle as well. Okay. Number no, your pain. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna ask you because you did mention the quarterbacks. This is definitely a, a different situation than years past where it's been so quarterback heavy and it's just but then like you've got a wealth of riches. This year it's a bit more people aren't sure how to feel about these guys. It, what quarterback do you expect to go first? Uh I would probably go prick it. Uh, I mean pick it. <laughs> My name was all I was thinking about Auburn guy. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, I would go pick it from Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, you know, he's gotten a lot of flats about his hands are small. Are you kidding me? Guy played in Pittsburgh. Like you ever played in the weather in Pittsburgh? Joe Burrow got like, the so. same crap. <laughs> so and everyone's talking about well, he had that. I'm just like, look, I would take the guy. He throws every route tree. Um, I would take him first if I'm taking a quarterback first. Okay. All right, Jets, four. number four. I think the Jets trade out of this pick. Uh, you already got your quarterback in Wilson that you're still trying to figure out if he's the guy or not. Um, Seattle sitting there trying to figure out what they want to do with Metcalf, uh, a freak of an athlete. Mm-hmm. So do your Seahawks, you know you need a receiver. And there's a ton of them in this draft. You got the the Garrett Wilson kid out of Ohio state. You got a Chris Olave out of Ohio state. You got, um, the kid from USC, um, just Drake London. Yep. Drake London who yeah. sits four. He's six, four can go get the ball. Like he's a guy in Drake London and Garrett Wilson are two guys that top two when it comes to their receiving position. But you also got Jameson Williams out of Alabama. Jameson Williams would be my number one receiver off the board. Uh, and I hate because he had that injury in the championship know, game because he can take the top off a of defense. And anytime you take a top off a of defense, he's a one play away home run hitter type Agreed. player. Agreed. And I really like him. I have him as my third receiver off the board right now, just because of that. Yeah. Uh, I get that. Burks from Arkansas is my fourth receiver off the board. Oh, I like guy, that. This guy reminds me of Debo Samuels. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's strong. He's raw. He still has a lot of development to go, but when he touches the football, he's a man amongst boys. But I would say Jets go with a receiver here. Either they trade and get DK Metcalf or they take one of the highly receivers uh, that's in the draft. I wouldn't be surprised by that unless I feel like if Thibodeau is still on the board at four, the Jets get him. I agree. If if the Jags opt to go for an O-lineman, let's just say, at one, and, you know, defensive edge and line are taking it two and three, I think Thibodeau goes to the Jets. I don't think that you've got a guy like that and you have the need that you do in New York and don't take the opportunity to snag him in the top five. True. But so, it is a pass-happy league, so either you're going to get true. an edge rusher that's going to sack the quarterback or you're going to get somebody <laughs> that's going to catch it for him. Right, so right. You're That'll exactly be interesting. Right. Okay. And rounding Gi- them out at five. Giants. Oh, my goodness. Oh, gracious. Oh, what has happened to the New York Giants? Oh. Uh, all right. They're still trying to make a decision on the quarterback. Um, like I said, I wouldn't take one in this draft in the top five. So I'm going to go either corner here. 
I'm going to go Giants. I they gonna get Sauce from Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Amar Gardner, six-two corner, got really good hips. Another ball call. How many times you hear a six-two corner? Yeah, right. Like, that's almost unheard of. So the fact is, you can get a six-two corner in a conference that still runs the football a little bit, but you know Philadelphia Eagles always draft a receiver, so you got to have a defensive back that can help uh, lock up at least one side of the field. So I'm going to go either Sauce here or Derrick Stingley Jr. from LSU here for the Giants. Okay. So you think that Kenny Pickett will be the first quarterback off the off the board. You've got really the three that people are, are talking about. Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, and Malik Willis out of Liberty. And honestly, if you went back to the beginning of this past season, Malik Willis was the one that everyone was talking about. I actually had – a Syracuse game this past season and Liberty played Syracuse and there were so many NFL scouts there like 30 something just to watch Malik Willis I think that the intrigue maybe laid off a little bit as season went on and the intrigue built for Kenny Pickett who then became a Heisman finalist and led them to an ACC title etc and Desmond Ritter what he has done, you know, with Cincinnati, taking them to the playoff, obviously a lot to be commended, but we also have some familiarity with Malik Willis because he, lest we not forget, used to be at Auburn. So out of those three, not necessarily where you think they're going to be drafted, but which one do you think has the makings to actually be a solid quarterback at the next level? Ooh, I'll say this. I like Malik because he's a dual threat quarterback. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think based off everything's about timing. Yeah. And this year he timed up in the right draft to be in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, same go for a Ritter. Same goes for, you know, Pickett. I think he's really developed into a, a first round quarterback. But it's all about who you get drafted to and where you go. Yeah. Now, I always tell people this. <laughs> so one of these guys going to end up on a really good football team because they're going to say like a Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh is a team that's ready to win now. They've already got a a defense. They've already got a run game. So you just had a Hall of Fame quarterback retire. So whichever one of these guys end up in Pittsburgh, I think has the best chance to succeed Hmm. Uh, just because. So if that's that's Malik in Pittsburgh, if that's Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh, if that's Ritter that ends up in Pittsburgh, like one of those two, whoever gets in Pittsburgh, I think going to have the better career. Um, Okay. Next thing is Matt Corral. No one's really said a lot about Matt Corral. Or Sam Howell. Or Sam Howell. Sam Howell, to me, 2019, people had him going as the first pick in 2022. Yep. Uh, He lost some guys from the receiving core, lost some help. He had a pretty good 2020 year, which was tough for everybody because of COVID. But then last year, he didn't have the stellar year that he needed. Mm -hmm. But this guy still has a strong arm. He can throw the ball in between any any zone because he can fit it in there he has a nice touch on his deep ball and sam howell is just the guy that can really end up on a solid football team as well outside of pittsburgh just because he's probably not going to be in the first round and he's right. probably going to be in the second round or early third which is going to give him a position like a russell wilson when he played for seattle he got drafted to seattle they already had the legion of boom they already mm-hmm. had the marshawn lynch he fell into a diamond of a rough situation and you see, he ended up getting the two Super Bowls really quick. And then right. after those guys left, he hadn't gotten to the Super Bowl, barely even got to the playoffs. So yeah. it's all about timing and team that you end up on. 
And Matt Corral, for me, he's a tough kid. He's feisty. He can throw the ball. But the thing about him is, can he be durable? He's just a smaller stature dude, not just height. I mean, what he did at Ole Miss was incredible. And and look, playing in the SEC translates to the NFL arguably the best. It's it's the closest preparation you can have in terms of competition level. But uh, yeah, that one that one worries me. I feel like Sam Howell kind of slides under the right. To be honest with you, if if we're just going on gut right now, and as someone who covers college football. I don't really see any of these translating to like a Joe Burrow type situation mm-hmm. where they just go into the league and, and that, and become a franchise guy and become right. that guy. You know, I think several of them, I think Malik and Kenny in particular could be really solid backup quarterback quarterbacks. I mean, if Jarrett Sidham is still in the NFL and making a career as a backup quarterback, then I think these guys certainly can. Okay. And I think Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis have the makings of that. I think Sam Howell as well. I don't think any of this year's class are going to be, you know, a future face of a franchise. That's just my gut reaction, but it's all about how you take advantage of the opportunity you're given. You're exactly right. And I would say this, like, (laughs) don't be surprised that Jordan Love gets traded for behind for the pack from the Packers. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. You know, he's been sitting there for two years now. They just re-signed Aaron a four-year contract. So the Packers got to be like, okay, we need to deal him and get something for him. So don't be surprised if Seattle's in play to go get Jordan Love. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo. So these quarterbacks could slide because no one's tipping their hands until draft day. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo could end up in Carolina. Uh, You know, he could end up (laughs) Oh, Lord help. He can end up in Carolina and be a stepping stone until they get the guy that they really want, which is next year's draft. You have Bryce Young. You yeah. have you have the uh man, what's the other kid I'm thinking of right now? But anyways, next year's draft, you shroud is the kid from Ohio State. So you have oh, guys right. that are you have guys that are coming out next season that you can kind of wait for. But this draft is loaded with receivers, it's loaded with offensive linemen, and if you're going to go get somebody, you better go get them now at those positions and not just go quarterback happy because you got to have other players. And you can't get so just, I need a franchise guy. I need a franchise guy. Last time I checked, franchise guys have franchise surroundings. Mm-hmm. And so you better make sure you have those type of guys. And for Auburn, unfortunately, when I was on CBS, I'm seeing all these Georgia guys. I'm seeing all these Bama guys. I'm just like, dang it, where the heck is Auburn? You know, yep. like – and I and I got Roger McQuarrie in there as a sneaker into the first round or early really? second. Okay. Because Roger is a guy that's very feisty. He's very tenacious. He's not afraid of the moment. He'll line up against anybody and and he'll get in your face. And so I like Roger because of his competitiveness. And I told CB, I said he would be a guy that could sneak in mm-hmm. and be that third corner off the board behind Sauce and Derek Stingley Jr. Um Hopefully it works out that way. Smoke Monday, not sure what round they have him in. Smoke is a hitter. It kind of hurts him in today's game because in the old school game, this guy would be legendary Mm -hmm. uh, from a hidden standpoint. Smoke from a cover standpoint is what people worry about. But I'm like a guy, I'll take a chance on him and and draft him and uh, and feel like, look, we can put him in position to make sure his talents are utilized. So Zacobe McClain, Another guy from Auburn I really like. Size just hurts him from a standpoint. But I hope he can – I think he gets drafted. I think he can get on a team and he can become a really good player once they see his heart and his dedication. Size won't matter no more. So yeah. it's all about 
right opportunity, right place, right timing. I also think Roger has done himself a lot of favors since season has ended the draft pro day interviews. Like he has done all the right things since then to leave a good impression on these scouts and and coaches as they're really locked in on him. So not only did he take advantage of his playing days at a very, you know, established program, but he's carried himself like a professional and um, attacked, you know, the opportunity to play and to show out. So I think that he's, he's impressed and, and I agree with you. I think he'll be the first one to go, but I flipping love the NFL draft from just <laughs> what it means for these guys getting to see them, you know, have that dream realized, but from a broadcast perspective, it feels like such a grand event. It's just, it's so fun. So everyone uh, make sure you tune in next Thursday, not only to see where our Auburn guys land, but just to see the next generation of NFL talent begin their journey. It's always, always an exciting day. But before we uh, round things out, I want to go ahead and acknowledge some other athletic programs with Auburn and get you updated on how they're faring. But one more word from a sponsor, one of my favorites, Athletic Greens. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets with just one gram of sugar, no chemicals, or anything artificial. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Guys, it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. It can't get easier. And they are going to give you one year free supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe that's B-L-E-A-V again, athleticgreens.com slash believe these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic greens take ownership of your health. Okay, well, as we have talked about on this show, the gymnastics team has had an incredible season and it ended with a trip to the NCAA finals. They ended the season fourth in the nation, Oklahoma taking the win, followed by Florida, then Utah, and then us. And keep in mind, when you make it to the NCAA championships, actually the format changed over the past few years. I don't think a lot of people know that, but you make it to the NCAA championships out of regionals, um, the top eight get to go. You compete in semifinals, and then the top four are in the finals the next day. So the fact that Auburn made it out of a very stacked semifinals to get to the final four, I think they're calling it four on the floor, very, very very impressive and so much to be proud of coming off this season, obviously um, scoring a 197.35 in the final. SUNY Lee, the all around runner up behind Florida's Trinity Thompson, and she won the national title on the beam. So, look, as someone who has covered gymnastics and followed gymnastics for many, many years, this is the start of some really great things. Gymnastics 
Um, they say that sticks are contagious in gymnastics. Like if one person sticks a landing, the rest of the lineup somehow has a knack to do it. Well, impressive seasons are also contagious. You establish a year like this, you have someone like Suni Lee and the freshman class around her. I mean, so many of the freshmen were anchors and, and absolute pillars for this team this year. So you've got them that are now going to continue their next, you know, few years. You've got a couple girls that have a fifth year available because of the, the COVID-19 situation. So this is the beginning of several good years for Auburn gymnastics. I do not think that this was a one-off. This was not an anomaly that Auburn made it to the finals. This is a program on the rise, and and if this year is any indication, there's a lot more success to be had. So huge congratulations to those girls, to the coaching staff, to uh, everyone, and let's certainly make sure that we continue to invest because this is a program that I believe is going to win a natty while while SUNY is in, in college. Baseball is sitting at number 18, coming off wins over Alabama State a 10th inning walk-off win this past week. Love to see one of those. And Kennesaw State, they will be hosting South Carolina for a three-game series this weekend. Hayden Mullins is slated to start on the mound on Friday, Trace Bright on Saturday, and Joseph Gonzalez on Sunday. So if you're in the Auburn area, this is going to be a great weekend to catch some baseball. Weather is going to be flipping fantastic. Ironically, softball is also sitting at number 18, baseball and softball with the same rankings. Um, they are headed to Starkville this weekend for a series against Mississippi State. And finally, the SEC Men's Golf Championship is happening this weekend, actually. The Tigers are now in fifth place after being in tie for ninth after round one. So creating some movement, getting up to fifth place. So certainly something to keep an eye on if you are into, uh, into golf. All good things happening around our athletic programs, which you love to see. We wish them all the best as honestly, finals have to be coming up soon as well. And graduation, the school year is winding down crazy how fast time is flying. So that is going to do it for us this week on Believe in Everything Auburn. As we gear up for the NFL draft next week, we will certainly try and do an episode around our crazy schedules. If not, we give you a little something this week and we will recap it the week after. But the best way to know when and how and what we're doing is to go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. You can do that in the podcast app and then you get a notification whenever we release an episode so you won't miss it. Um, but that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening and following along, everyone. Hope you have a fantastic weekend and a beautiful week. Enjoy the draft. If we don't talk by then, War Eagle. War Eagle, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.